Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, is the team stuck in the NFL's no man's land? We'll talk about that plus a whole lot more. Coming up on Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for June 29th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Just every win. day. Just win. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. And of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, got to give a big ups to my man Ari. Does a great job each and every day making sure we're up on YouTube looking good and sounding good on Twitter at Ari Produces. You can always hit him up. You can hit me up on Twitter as well at your boy Q254. And of course, you can always chime in on the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line at 707 65 Four four six nine three. Got a lot to get to on today's show. Your calls and texts will come up in segment number three. Segment number two, we'll talk about the NFL's no man's land and are the Raiders part of it? And I'll even tell you why this became a part of the conversation and why we're talking about it on today's podcast. Here in segment number one, I'd like to do news and notes of the day. I'm going to jump right into that. But before I do, I want to read this text from Big O Raider. I want to start the show off this way. Sometimes it's bigger than sports. Sometimes it's bigger than the Raiders. And I like to highlight it at the very beginning of the show to make sure everybody is able to hear it. So this is from Big O Raider, straight off the Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. What up, Q? Welcome back from VK. I'm glad you had a great time. This is Big O Raider from the 559. Thanks again for everything you do, keeping us informed on everything Raiders related. Today's text comes with a heavy heart, and I'm hoping you can please help me out. I have a close friend that I consider my brother for many years that's battling some health issues. Just like me, he's a member of Raider Nation. Please cue I'm politely asking Raider Nation to send out a prayer for my compa, Joey Z. He listens to your podcast every day, and I think this will lift his spirits. Joey, Mike, and I have been making Raider game trips as long as I can remember. We're scheduled to all attend this year's game versus the Patriots. I'm praying that this trip does, in fact, take place with them. I plan on taking him to the torch to go meet up with you again. I want him to know that he's loved so much and we're with him every step of the way as he fights through this difficult time. I'm not sure if you're allowed to put this kind of message out there, but I have to try. Regardless, I want to thank you so much for the platform you provide for Raider Nation and all that to send that and all that can send out prayers for Joey Z. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Oscar Martinez out. Ray. So that's the text that we got right there. Big old Raider from the 559. And first of all, definitely could put this kind of message out. This is definitely the kind of message I would want to put out on the podcast. I talk about stuff on the show all the time that is Raiders related. I also talk about stuff on the show all the time that is life related. And I think that that's very important. And so if I can help lift Joey Z's spirit for 30 minutes while this show is going on, fantastic. If it maybe gets him through the day of whatever he's got going on health-wise, fantastic. I'll definitely send a prayer up for him to you know get better as quickly as possible so you guys can make sure you can attend those Raider games and that Patriots game at Allegiant Stadium. We'd love to meet up with you at the Torch. Also, I know Raider Nation has his back as well. And this is a little bit of a side story, and I really wanted to start this show off with this text because of what happened on Wednesday night in Major League Baseball. 
Domingo Horman from the New York Yankees through the 24th perfect game in Major League Baseball history. I happened to be on the radio doing ESPN radio, national radio while that was going on. And of course, he did that in Oakland against the A's. And that's my favorite team. But I'm rooting for this guy to get it done. For the fact that, well, perfect games don't happen uh, that often in baseball, as it was only the 24th time it had ever happened in Major League Baseball history. I didn't know, and this is the awesome thing about sports, and this is why a podcast like this, I hope, can help people in more than just learning about the Raiders or getting information and up to date on what's going on with the silver and black. Didn't know that Herman's uncle passed away just, you know, a little bit before he actually went out there and pitched. The fact that the day before, he spent all day crying. He spent... All, all day in the clubhouse crying, and they went out there and pitched the game of his life. Nine innings, 27 seven batters came to the plate, 27 batters were retired. That's sports in a nutshell right there. It makes me go back to when Dallas Braden, and I don't know how much of baseball fans you are, I'm a big baseball fan, but Dallas Braden pitched a perfect game for the Oakland A's, and he was never that great of a pitcher, but he did it on Mother's Day and dedicated it to his grandmother who was living in Stockton, California, I believe, and she was dealing with cancer. And so it's just like... For a while, sports will help get your mind off of trials and tribulations. And Raider Nation, I don't know how long you've been listening to this show. I've had plenty of trials and tribulations that this podcast itself has helped me get through, including the the loss of my son uh, back in uh, 2020 when he passed away in a car accident. I talk about him on the show. I don't run from it. I don't hide from it. I talk about him on the show all the time because I think that I... I owe him that uh, at the very least and uh, to keep his memory alive. And so sports helps us move past uh, tough situations, just like Domingo Herman and hopefully Big O Raider, just like uh, your compa, Joey Z. Hopefully this is able to help him out just a little bit. So I wanted to go ahead and start to show off that way again. Uh, like I said, sports means so much more than just wins and losses. A lot of times it helps get everybody back in a good state of mind couple news and notes I had here in segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Uh, I mentioned it on Wednesday's show about training camp and when uh, everybody was going to report. Well, it came out on uh, on Wednesday afternoon, as a matter of fact, when all the teams across the league were going to report to camp. And it came out that the Raiders, their rookies report on July 20th. And as I mentioned before, their veterans on July 25th and their first practice will be on the 26th. So there you go. Rookies on the 20th, veterans on the 25th, first practice will be on the 26th. Also, in NFL news and notes across the league, this came out from Adam Schefter on, uh, on Wednesday, which is a much bigger deal. This is about the fact that sometime this week, and it could be today, and depending on what time you listen to this podcast, it could have already rolled out that a handful of NFL players, including Colts cornerback and kick returner Isaiah Rogers, are expected to receive season-long suspensions this week for violating the NFL's policy on gambling. That was Adam Schefter on Wednesday. He went on to say the NFL said last week that it planned to reinforce its gambling policy to players. All rookies will now be required to attend mandatory education sessions, and a group of league officials is making in-person visits to team facilities to emphasize and clarify what activities are prohibited amid the rapid uh, proliferation of sports gambling. But this is going to be the key, and this is where I think it gets a little sticky. The six key rules of the gambling policy that league uh, officials will emphasize are don't bet on the NFL. No-brainer, right? Just don't bet on the sports you play in. Okay, so that's easy. That's one. Don't gamble at your team facility while traveling for a road game or staying at a team hotel. Okay, the team facility. If you're just talking about inside the building while you're there, can you place a bet on your app when you're in the parking lot? Do you have to make sure you leave the parking lot? How far down the street do you have to be? Do you have to wait till you get home? You know, what's what's the case uh, in that situation when you're talking about the team facility or traveling for a road game or staying at a team hotel? 
How many times on the road do players sit around and do nothing and decide that, hey, you know what? Uh, there's this baseball game that I want to go ahead and, and lay a few dollars down. And look, they have the means to go ahead and get it done. So uh, to me, I wouldn't say that that's a problem. That's just something that people do in their everyday walk of life. And obviously, gambling is huge. That's why the NFL makes so much money off of gambling. Also, does someone have or don't have someone bet for you? Okay, that makes sense, which is something that I think everybody talked about when Calvin Ridley got busted. It's like, why would you make the bet underneath you know, your own name anyway? Why wouldn't you just have someone else do it for you? And I'm sure there's plenty that haven't got caught that are doing exactly that, not having uh, you know, their account but giving it to a buddy or a family member and letting them make bets for them. But then again, maybe that's a way that these guys are getting caught up. Don't share team inside information. Okay, that's a no-brainer, right? So don't bet on the NFL and don't share team inside information. To me, no-brainers. This is the one where I really have questions. Don't enter a sports book during the NFL playing season. And the reason I have questions for that, because it sounds pretty simple, right? Don't go into a sports book. Right around the corner from my house is a casino. And I go there often. And I don't go there often to go to the sports book. I go there often to go to a restaurant, to get some food, maybe get a margarita, get some kind of drink, you know, later on, relax. They have uh, music that's played there. So sometimes uh, me and the wife will go out there and some friends will go out there and we'll listen to some music on a Friday night after working or a Saturday night or whatever the case may be. The thing is, I park in the parking garage. One, I don't want my car to get hot. And two, I just think that it's a better place for it to be. I feel like it's more secure in the parking garage. Right as soon as I enter the parking garage and I get out of the car and I'm going to the doors and I walk through the double doors, I, I walk in the casino and I look to the right of me. Yeah, right of me. <laughs> I had a picture it in my mind and there's a sports book right there. Now, did I just enter a sports book or did I enter a casino? So if a Raider player, for instance, and I'm not saying that there's a Raider player that's going to be named this week. We don't know if there will be or not. There could be many players from many teams across the league. But if a Raider player entered that same casino through those same doors, and that same sports book was right there, did they just enter the sports book or did they enter the casino? Like, where's the clarification there? So if they entered the sports book and I didn't make any bets, I didn't even go in the sports book. Now, sometimes I do and I'll go and watch, watch games and enjoy it. But if I just walk by and go to, say, the pizza place, and if they call that the sports book, then did I just violate a policy? So I think that that needs to be clarified. I think that there's going to be guys that are going to be named. Some they are going to be obvious because they just did stupid stuff, right? Like Calvin Ridley did, even though he was not playing when he got suspended a, a year ago, uh, you know, and for a whole year because he was betting on football games and including potential Falcon games, even though he was away from the team. That was just stupid. Yeah, that's just something that's a no-brainer. But I think that there's going to be some guys that are going to get busted that – legitimately might have a good question like, hey, I didn't really realize that's what's going on. So them saying that the NFL is going to make invis uh, like mandatory uh, in-person visits to clarify what's going on, they just need to narrow it down, right? There's just It seems like there's too many rules that have too much gray area, including don't enter a sports book during the NFL playing season. In Vegas, for example, there could be a sports book anywhere, just a simple restaurant. There could be a window where you could place a bet. Is that considered a sports book? Or a restaurant. And then don't play daily fantasy football. I don't play fantasy football at all. I just, one, I don't have time to do it. I just think it's too much work. But it's a huge industry. So many people do it. So basically, well, football players can't do it. So if that's a rule, fine. All right? I can understand that. So really, there's three out of the six rules that I understand, no doubt about it. The other three, I think there needs to be some clarification and some tightening up on it. Or there's going to be some people that are going to be confused. And they're going to make the wrong decision, not necessarily on purpose, but... It's going to end up costing them and their team in the long run. So that's the big news uh, of the week so far uh, in the NFL. And now you just wait. 
If you're a fan base of the Raiders, if you're a fan base of any of the 32 teams across the league, you're waiting to see if a player, especially a big-time name player from your team, ends up on that list and gets suspended for a year, maybe six games, whatever the case may be. Obviously, you don't want any players missing any time because of something foolish like that. So we'll wait and we'll see. And when the list comes out of, of names, we know Isaiah Rogers. He came out uh, a couple weeks ago and, and said that it happened and that he takes full responsibility. He was one of the guys that did some something stupid, right? And so he was fully aware. But I do believe there's going to be a few that are going to be caught off guard when their name appears on this list. Or maybe they already know about it and they're just waiting for it to drop. But we'll definitely talk about it here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up is segment number two. Are the Raiders caught in no man's land? What do I mean by that? How in the world did that even come up? That'll all come up in segment number two after I tell you about the title sponsor of today's show, which is FanDuel. And right now, you need to take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. No better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. You want to sign up today, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Also, NFL players, if you're listening, don't bet on FanDuel. Not because it's not good, just don't bet, period. <laughs> right? So I'm not saying don't bet on FanDuel. I'm just saying don't bet, period, because you don't want to end up on the list that we talked about earlier in segment number one. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to talk about the Raiders and where they are as a team. We talked about expectations on Wednesday's show and how when people ask me, you know, what are your thoughts on the Raiders in 2023? What are they going to do? And I really don't have a good answer because I don't have, you know, uh, the expectations are weird because there's so many questions that I feel like I have to have the answer to this before I can really say what I believe this team is going to do. And just because I feel like I have a good pulse most years of what a team's gonna, the team's going to do doesn't mean I do. You know, and I use the example of I thought in 2022 they were going to be a 10 or 11 win team. They were a six win team. So obviously I was well off and I have no problem admitting that. So this year, I don't know what the expectations are. I have a buddy, really good buddy, Vegas Jess, who said my expectations are this, is for the team not to let me down. That's all. That's his expectations. But why I'm asking and talking about No Man's Land, on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Wednesday, uh, my first day back, I had my guy Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review Journal covers the Raiders like a glove. He was in studio with me co-hosting the show. And I had mentioned the expectations and what his expectations were. And we even got into the Derek Carr conversation. You know, and, and he brought up the point that, Q, the thing is, Derek Carr and the Raiders have been good enough to be good enough, but not good enough to be a team that can make a deep playoff run. And they haven't been bad enough to get an opportunity to get a really good quarterback. So what he was basically saying is they hover around the middle of the pack. And as he said, that's the worst place to be in the NFL. You either want to be really good, like the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills or the Cincinnati Bengals of the last couple of years, or other teams that are really good that have a chance to get into the playoffs and make a deep run. Or you want to be really bad and get the, get the, the players that you need to make this team really good. And so he said, in his opinion, and he's not a Raider fan, and that's why I enjoy picking his brain because he's going to say it from an objective point of view, not a fan's point of view, and say, you know, in my opinion, the Raiders have 
they had Derek Carr, who, and he said he was anywhere from a 12 to 18 ranked quarterback, right? He felt like that was his range. And he said, and look, that's good enough to win games where you're going to be picking in the teens, maybe even the, the, the 20s at some point, but you're not going to make a deep playoff run. And we've seen the Raiders pick as late as, what, 24, right? I mean, we've seen them when they made that run in 2016. They, they picked 24th. That's when they went and got Gary on Conley. We've seen them last year pick as high as 7th, but that wasn't high enough to go get a Bryce Young. That wasn't high enough to go get a C.J. Stroud or even an Anthony Richardson, right? I mean, it, they just weren't in that position. All three of those guys were already off the board by the time they got to number 7. So he said that's the worst position to be. And he said on top of that, he felt like Jimmy G – even if, if healthy and goes out there and balls, the team could be good, especially offensively, which is something I've been talking about quite a bit on the show. But he also said they're still in the same position. You go from one quarterback that is going to get you good enough to win games but not good enough to win it all, and, to, and, and he's not bad enough to put you at the top of the draft to go get that quarterback that could put you in that position. And so it got me thinking. And so he was saying that, hey, you know, I've been team tank. And he said, I know nobody wants to hear that. Go out and and, and tank. But you've got to, if you're going to be bad, you've got to take multiple steps back and and, and take that step back so you can go get that generational quarterback if you can find them, right? Obviously, it's not that easy or everybody would have one. So it's not that easy to go find that guy. But if he's out there, you got to go get him. And so sometimes you have to take that step back. And he said, I don't think Jimmy G is that much of a step back from Derek Carr to put them in that position. But he also doesn't think he's an upgrade over Derek Carr to make, put him, you know, in, 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 into playoff contention. And even if they do make the playoffs, to make a deep run. So it got me thinking, well, it feels like the Raiders are stuck in no man's land. And he said, yeah, that's basically what it is. And, and again, it's the worst place to hover is right there in the middle. Either you want to be great or you just want to be bad. Right. And so, you know, he, he said that if I'm a Raider fan, I'm rooting for them to be really bad this year because they'll have an opportunity to go get Caleb Williams or Drake May. And this is where I, as a Raider fan, jumped in. I was like, no, no, no. They've been losing for far too long. They've had literally two winning seasons in forever. Right. Since their Super Bowl appearance, they've been in the playoffs twice. That's not good enough because Raider Nation deserves better. And that's what I say on the podcast all the time. But again, for his point of view, it's not about what the fan base deserves. He, he, and he even brought up, you know, uh, eating. And he said, well, you know, cause I said, well, it's like you, you, you're basically saying don't eat at all. Right. And, and these guys got to eat, you know, you've got to be able to win a few games and, and at least feel good about yourself. You know, Hey, put in a respectable season, win eight games, nine games, 10 games, you know, put yourself in potential to win or to get into the playoffs. And then who knows what happens when you make it to the playoffs. And he agreed to a certain extent, but then he said, yeah, but you know, Q, would you rather eat a couple times a year or not eat for a while at all, and then all of a sudden, boom, be able to feast forever, you know, or eat feast for a very long time, similar to the Kansas City Chiefs. And I know it doesn't work that easy, and he even admitted, like, it doesn't work just like that. You can't just say, hey, we're going to suck for a couple years, and then we're going to be fantastic. It doesn't work like that. You've got to obviously hit on your draft picks, got to be able to develop, you got to get the right quarterback, and ideally you get that quarterback on that rookie deal. But it just got me thinking, like, man, are the Raiders, they feel like they are in that no-man land, right? They're no-man's land where, where you, can't, you can't do enough one way or the other to get what you need. So that's what really, and again, it all comes from the conversation about the expectations. And, you know, his, his thoughts were, yeah, they could be a team that's as good as seven wins, and they, they, they could end up being a team that's, that's really good if things go their way and win 10 or 11 games. But still, where does that put you? That puts you picking in April's draft in 2024 around anywhere from what, seven, eight, nine to 20, 
<laughs> right? And so, again, you're still not going to get the guy that you need to be that big-time quarterback to take you to the next level. Now, my only pushback was, well, maybe they think they have that guy. And maybe they do have that guy, right? We've had a lot of conversations about Aiden O'Connell. We have no idea what he is or if he's going to be worth the salt or if he's going to be great or if he's going to be a backup. We have no idea. I've given my thoughts. Raider Nation's given their thoughts. I know my, my guy, uh, Big Nate from Cali, the Steeler fan, he's given his thoughts on what he thinks Aiden O'Connell's going to be. So maybe they think that they have their guy and they have that opportunity to keep building the team. Uh, and when they're ready to t- turn it over to him, he's able to take over and lead them to the promised land. And maybe that is what they have. But the example that was also brought up was the fact that the Chiefs had a team that was built. And we've talked about this on the podcast. They had a team where the players were really good. The coach was there, obviously, and Andy Reid. They were doing some good things. And their quarterback was Alex Smith, who was good enough to get them to the playoffs. He wasn't good enough to take them to the promised land and and win that Lombardi. They went and drafted Patrick Mahomes. They took the chance after they had the team uh, built up. They traded all the way up, right, from what, 24 to 10? That's a massive jump. They traded all the way up to go get this guy out of Texas Tech who, well, his style of play was never going to work because that's the Big 12 offense, and Big 12 offense does not translate to the NFL. I know for a fact when he was drafting, they traded up for him. I put my head down thinking, oh, man, they're going to get Patrick Mahomes, and this dude, he can, he can sling that rock. Now, I didn't know that he was going to turn into the guy that he is now, and there's no guaranteeing that you're going to get the, the uh, quarterback that's even on Patrick Mahomes' level. But as we've mentioned on this show before, you look at the AFC, you look at the AFC West, you look at the quarterbacks and the teams that the Raiders will have to go through to get from where they are to winning the division, to getting to the playoffs, to getting to the Super Bowl, to winning the Super Bowl. They've got a lot of good stinking teams and quarterbacks to have to go through. First of all, in their own division, in Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. I won't, and I know Herbert hasn't won a playoff game yet, but I think we all can agree that he's a good quarterback, a really good quarterback, right? And Russell Wilson's won a Super Bowl, but I think we all can agree he's on the decline of his, his career. I'm interested to see what Sean Payton's going to do. But, I mean, looking at Joe Burrow, looking at Josh Allen, looking at, you know, other guys like a Lamar Jackson, who I believe is going to be a lot better in this new offense with uh, ran by Todd Monken. You think about him, uh, Tua Tagovailoa, if he can, you know, stay healthy. Obviously, uh, Aaron Rodgers is in uh, New York with the Jets right now. And that's going to be a short-term fix, but you have to look at these quarterbacks and think, man, this you know this 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 could be a really good conference for a very long time. So is Jimmy G going to be that guy? And and I, I feel like he's the guy that if they have a really good team, offense, defense, special teams, everything's clicking. Jimmy G can get you to a Super Bowl, as you saw him with the San Francisco 49ers. You know they didn't win that one; they lost to Kansas City, but. He was there. He helped guide the ship, but it was led by a strong defense and a really good run game. And that's okay. If the Raiders were to turn into having a really strong defense, their draft picks worked out, and all of a sudden that defense became stellar, and you still have Josh Jacobs and you have Josh McDaniels clicking when it comes to uh, play calling, I think Jimmy G could take the Raiders far. But that's a lot to have to go right in order for the Raiders to get where we all, we all, want them to be, which is obviously in the playoffs and a chance to hoist a Lombardi. So in Adam's point, and I'm not mad at him for bringing it up, and again, as a guy who's not a Raider fan, he's he's able to be very objective where, again, me as a Raider fan, as much as I try to be right up down the middle, and as I talked about on Wednesday's show, sometimes I lean to the left or lean to the right a little bit. And my fandom comes out and says, you know what, damn it? 
I want to see wins. I want to see a lot of wins because Raider Nation deserves to leave Allegiant Stadium excited and fired up. Or watching the game on TV, they deserve to be fired up and excited uh, for their Sunday afternoon after the game wraps up. Or Sunday night. Or Monday. Or Thursday. Or whenever they play the game. I want the fan base to be fired up and pumped up and be able to go to work the next day and brag and say, yeah, that's right. I didn't have to turn off SportsCenter because my team won. That's what I want as a fan. But does that mean that they're stuck in no man's land and they can't get out? How do they go and get that that big-time quarterback that could turn their team into who they want them to be, right? Joe Burrow was number one overall. Josh Allen was a top-10 pick, right? I mean, you look at Patrick Mahomes, top-10 pick. You see what Cleveland gave up to go get Deshaun Watson. Think about that. Cleveland was so desperate for a quarterback that they looked at as a difference maker. They took and made a move and gave him all that guaranteed money, gave up all that draft capital, and took all the baggage he had with everything off the field to – take a chance and get him because they they just needed they needed that guy that dude right Tua drafted very high Lamar Jackson he was drafted in the first round but he was the last pick in the first round Baltimore was just smart enough to go ahead and trade up and go get him yeah, he was dropping because of all the conversations about he's not a real quarterback he's gonna have to switch to a wide receiver so it seems like all these quarterbacks are coming from spots where teams either had to aggressively trade up to go get them or they were just really bad and they ended up getting them and I don't, I'm not suggesting at all for the Raiders to be really bad. But to get out of no man's land, they might have to have a bad season. Take a step back. They had a bad season last year when they only won six games. Maybe they have another bad season and they have a chance to get up and, and go get that quarterback that's a difference maker. And then you have to hope that he really is that difference maker, right? You're talking about Caleb Williams and Drake May? Not guaranteed until you actually see it that they're going to be that dude. Just like Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, there's no guarantee those guys are all going to pan out. And most likely all three won't. But, you know, their teams felt like they had to make the moves to go get them. So they did. Young goes one. C.J. Stroud goes number two. Anthony Richardson goes to the Colts, right? I mean, all teams made sure they got their guy. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what this 2023 season looks like and see if, in fact, the Raiders are in no man's land or do they have a plan lined out in place or maybe they have their guy already on the roster that they feel comfortable with. But your thoughts, your concerns, whatever the case may be, would love to hear from you. 707-654-4693. That's the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. Your calls and texts are going to close out the show in segment number three next here on the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text draft at Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Got a time for a couple calls and a couple texts here on the show. And the first one will get in from Raider 916 at Sacramento, California. He's calling to respond to Slickback Raiders text that was featured on the show on Wednesday about Derek Carr. Here he is, Raider 916. Dude, this is Raider 916. Sorry, man, I'm bugging the heck out of you. Hey, uh, I uh, just wanted to, I don't know if this message is going to reach the, the podcast, but I just wanted to acknowledge, uh, welcome back, first off, man. And, uh, and regarding the, uh, Raider, Slickback Raiders question and your response on the third, on the third, uh, segment of your podcast today was great, man. Um, you know, Raider Nation needs to think about way back in the day for us older Raider fans of how many quarterbacks we've been through throughout the years uh, before he even got Derek Carr. And so for the Raiders to stick with Derek Carr for nine years uh, speaks volumes. And, I, and, you know, it didn't work out the way last year, the way that the, Ra- the Raider Nation thought it was going to work out and the way we were all hoping. And, uh, 
you know, I, I still don't think that, that Carr was McDaniel's boy, uh, Josh McDaniel's boy, but he was willing to give him a chance. And I, I just, there was a lot of different factors to that. I think why the Raiders let him go, but the fact that the Raiders held on to a quarterback for nine years, especially nowadays, especially with the way the NFL runs today with keeping players on the team. I mean, you don't even have any player in any position be on a football team for nine years. I mean, back in the days in the early 80s and 90s, you had that because you had destiny teams. You don't have the destiny teams no more. They're not out there as much, you know, and uh, even. So I just want to compliment you on the response, and thanks, Slickback Raider, for the question. And I, I think it was a great segment. So, welcome back from your vacation, man. I'm glad to, I'm glad to hear you back. And all right, Raider Nation, let's rock and roll and see what kind of team we have out there for this coming year. All right, one love. Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate you chiming in, sharing your thoughts, and you bring up some great points and how the NFL has really ran. And I brought up this point on the show on Wednesday. Uh, in the league nowadays, nobody really gets nine years, right? They they just don't. And I think that. Some of the reason why the Raiders gave Derek Carr nine years is because they realized it wasn't all on D.C. A lot of it was on the organization as they had some really lean years and he had to deal with some real issues as far as lack of talent, continuity on the coaching staff, you know, no defense. I mean, just there were so many different things. I think they realized that, hey, this guy is stable. He stabilized the position, so we have to give this dude a chance to win. And in 2016, of course, it was a magical season. Unfortunately, he breaks his ankle. 2021 was a season that I didn't expect. I was surprised that the Raiders made the playoffs, but to their credit, through all kind of trials and tribulations, they were able to. So, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of with you. I don't think that Derek Carr was McDaniels and Ziegler's guy, but they did give him an opportunity. They gave him 15 games to see what they got, and at some point through their evaluation, they said, you know what? This isn't the guy that's going to take us where we need to go. So kind of going back to what we were talking about in segment number two, they made the decision that we're going to move on from him. We're going to bring in Jimmy G. Uh, maybe he'll be as good, if not better, or maybe he'll be worse, take a step back, and then the Raiders are in position to go get their quarterback of the future. Clearly, they tried to go get a quarterback of the future uh, at number one when they tried to trade up with the Chicago Bears and the Carolina Panthers beat them out. So Raider 916, thanks so much for that. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Raider Mark in the OC. Says, Aloha Q. It's Raider Mark from the OC. Hope you had a blast in Maui with the fam. I was there the next, the week before you, and nothing recharges me more than Hawaii. Next time you're on Maui, you need to see the sunrise at Halakala. Halakila. Uh, you know, I said it wrong. <laughs> it's an experience like nothing else. Thanks for all that you do. You're my first listen every day. It's so awesome to see your success. So well-deserved. You're living a dream that a lot of Raider Nation would envy. I wanted to answer your question about expectations for next year, and it's so sad to say that I have none. I'm 43, and I've been a fan since I was 17. I have not felt this down on our team since the last year of Al when we had no direction. I have gone to games almost every year as a fan. It devastates me that I don't have any desire to go this upcoming year. I was at week one Monday Night Football versus the Ravens with my brother, and opening the new stadium was like any other Raider game I had ever been to. The high from that night was faded big time. I was at the Broncos game last year, too, with my wife, as well as both games in L.A. the last two years. SoFi has nothing on Vegas, but at this point, this staff needs to show me they can actually lead us to where all Raider Nation wants to be. I really hope McDaniels proves me wrong because I want nothing more than to see the Raiders win a Super Bowl. Maybe having no expectations will be a good thing for a change. Don't get me wrong. I'll be watching and rooting every Sunday, just not in person, which sucks. That's from Raider Mark and the OC. And again, I don't blame you. And that's why I had the conversation on Wednesday about no expectations. I had big expectations last season. And this year, 
right now, I don't want to say I have no expectations, but I don't know what to expect, if that makes more sense. I'm not sure what to expect. Uh, expectations, I expect the team to go out there and compete each and every week, right? And the fan of me wants them to win each and every week. But honestly, with so many questions by the quarterback, can the defense gel? Uh, what's the Josh Jacobs situation looking like? You know, uh, is Hunter Renfro going to you know ball out? Can jo- Josh McDaniels as the head coach prove to be a really good head coach? There's so many questions that I have, it's hard to say what I expect this team to be. So that's that's a, a really good point uh, that you bring up about having no expectations, and I know you're not alone out there with no expectations. Thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you, and thanks so much for the kind words as well. Up next, got a call from Raider Meatloaf. He's calling to talk about the Raiders' expectations in 2023 in response to my question and topic I had on Wednesday's show. Here he is, Raider Meatloaf. Hey, what's up, Q? What's up, Raider Nation? It's Raider Meatloaf here. Um, Q asked the question, man, what, like, what do we think we're going to be this year? And I'm on the same page as Q. Expectations are low, but, you know, it's, it's just crazy to say something like that because Josh Jacobs right now is holding out, probably going to hold out. If he, if he goes, goes his way, I respect that, you know. But, I mean, we have the best wide receiver in the game. We have a great tight end. We have a uh, top 10 offensive lineman. Um, Our defense is suspect with a lot of players that can contribute and make this at least, you know, a top 20 to 17 defense better than last year. Um, So... You know, the same thing as me too, man. Like, I I don't know. I don't know what we're going to be. I don't know who's going to be our QB. Um, I feel like we might be mediocre, and we're not going to get a top-round draft draft prospect, but at the same time, I feel like I would rather suck and have a chance at Caleb Williams. So, yeah. I'm already, I'm already uh, thinking about next year, man. Alrighty, alrighty. Take care, Raider Nation. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And again, that's the thing. It's so hard to give an honest answer on what the team could do because of so many questions, right? Talked about it in segment number two, you know, and you talked about it as well. You know, kind of feels like they're in no man's land, and uh, maybe it makes sense for them not to win and have an opportunity to go and get, you know, uh, Caleb Williams or Drake May. But, man, like I tried to tell Adam Hill, that's such a tough pill to swallow for a fan base, telling a fan base, hey, don't worry, just stink this year, and then next year you'll be good because you'll have a quarterback that's worth the salt that's really good that you can go win with. Like, how do you tell a fan base that's spending money traveling to the city, going to the stadium, buying merchandise, you know, supporting the, 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 the team in any way they find possible, you know, even watching the games, period, just watching the games. Like, that's a tough pill to swallow to say, yeah, this team's not going to be good, but don't worry, we'll be good later, especially when it's been so many years of not being good. Very tough pill to swallow as far as I'm concerned. So thank you so much for that call. It's great to hear from you, my man. I definitely appreciate you. And I got time for one more text. This one comes from Raider Hondo and Chico. Hey Q, it's Raider Hondo and Chico, 10th time texter, long time listener. I loved your origin story, but you buried the lead. When I tell friends to listen to the Lockdown Raiders podcast at Raider Nation Radio 920, I always say that Q was in a reg- it was and is a regular guy that started at the Oakland Coliseum. It's just that now he has access to a lot of great Raider info. 
That's one reason your podcast blew up. Info. If you remember back in the day, Al Davis was very secretive about all things Raiders. Raider Nation has always been dying to hear about the team. Secrets added to the Raider mystique. And of course, Al was thought to be crazy and paranoid, but proved right when team's cheating scandals became public. Remember? Locker room mics, videotaping of practices. Keep up the good work, Q. Raider Nation's counting on you. If I may give one criticism, please don't say Gronk is a Hall of Famer. He is not in yet. Also, don't be surprised that Wallace's career is quicker than his appearance in Shaq's Icy Hot commercial. Just win, baby. That's Raider Hondo in Chico. Thanks for the text. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, when it comes to Gronk, I, I cannot say he's a Hall of Famer. But we all know he's going to be there, and he's earned that. So that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll wait till Gronk actually has a gold jacket before we call him a Hall of Famer. I'll say there's some Raiders that are Hall of Famers that aren't in the Hall of Fame. And I'll start with Lester Hayes, the guy that I forgot. His number was 37, but he's a guy that should be in the Hall of Fame. He's a Hall of Famer, but... Of course, he's not in yet, but Gronk, he's definitely going to get in. So, I mean, I understand what you're saying. He's not in yet, so I can leave that alone. Uh, again, uh, I understand about the fan base wanting more information because, you know, I was very secretive. And again, that makes a lot of sense. But also, not even that. One of my big points was that even when the Raiders were a good team, like when they went to the Super Bowl and eventually lost, that I remember them being the last team focused on Sports Center. It's like, why, wait, why are they the last team when they're winning all these games and they're you know, about to make a deep playoff run, and they don't know how good they are. And I remember I'd hear people talking nationally. And again, this is before I was on any radio or any podcast. The only radio I was on was hip-hop, Q97 in Fresno, as a matter of fact. And I used to get so mad because I'm like, wait, why is nobody talking about this team? And they're this, that, and the other. And then I'd hear people nationally talking about it. I was like, they don't even know what they're talking about. And I'd literally get mad to the point where I'd go on my radio station, Q97, during my show and talk about them and point out the, you know, what's, what's real and what's not real. And I'd get in trouble because my boss, Tommy Del Rio, would say, hey, man, this is not a sports station. It's a hip-hop station. Stick to the music. And I'm like, well, I'm in Fresno, California. There's a lot of Raider fans. And so I would always push back and do sports anyway, like just talk sports anyway. And for the most part, nobody listening had a problem with it. He was the only one. But, you know, he wasn't wrong. I just thought I knew better than he did, and clearly I didn't. But it worked out, right? It all worked out in the end, right? He got what he wanted from me. I'm now doing sports radio, and everything worked out the way it was supposed to. So there's that. So thanks so much for that. I appreciate you, and that's really all the time I have for today's show. Went a little bit longer than I was supposed to. I'm trying to keep these shows timed the way that the powers of be want it to be, but sometimes I get a little froggy and get to go on a little bit, and, well, we all know how it happens when that happens, and so there you go. But uh, thank you so much for all the feedback. Continue to give it to me at 707-654-4693. It's great to be back, so I do appreciate all the feedback and all the welcome back uh, from vacation. It was fantastic, and I'm ready to be on the grind, and I'll be on the grind all year long here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. So until tomorrow, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.